92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hey everyone, you're listening to Big Blend Radio with Nancy and Lisa, and we are sitting outside near Pronghorn Drive. With Pronghorn. With Pronghorn. <laughs> uh, no, actually, we have Joshua Smith, who is a wildlife refuge specialist here at Buenos Aires National Wildlife Refuge, and we're in southern Arizona, right outside this big mountain range, and you get to say what it is. Babo Kivari. Babo Kivari. Okay. So the Babo Kivari Mountains are uh, to our western edge. They, bound, they are the boundary of the, of the refuge. Well, we have some state trust land between us. And then on the other side is the Tohono Autumn Nation. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's a sacred mountain for them. The mountain is sacred. It's part of their uh, creation story, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not entirely up on the full creation story, but it is a sacred mountain. And this area is really fascinating. We're actually sitting right outside your visitor center and. Um, what side of the refuge? Where? What is the closest town? So everybody knows we're south of Tucson, but what is the closest town to here? So we are. We're 60 miles south of Tucson, and the closest town would be Sasabe, which I'm not sure you'd call it a town based on population. Stage because stop? <laughs> the, the population's between 10 and 20. Wow. Uh, aside from that, the next nearest town is Aravaca at 21 miles. So Sasabe is seven miles south, and Aravaca is 21 miles by road mm-hmm. to the east. It's as, as a crow flies, it's probably only 15. Well, what's interesting about on this side being uh, south of Tucson is it's a really beautiful drive coming down uh, through. You can go through Saguaro National Park to get here which is what we did because we live right outside Saguaro National Park, which is really nice. Uh, but you can come through the Saguaros and then come down to here, and you can see a complete change in vegetation as soon as you get I mean, it's, I almost feel like we're in New Mexico crossed with Africa here. It's, it's a remarkable transition. As you gain elevation coming from Tucson, you'll see you change from choyas and palo verdes to mesquite trees and then grass. Mm. And we still have some Palo Verdes and Choyas, but it's the density out here is, is it, the majority of everything is grass. Isn't this one of the largest grasslands we have in the Southwest? It is. It's one of the largest, and we say intact semi-desert grassland, but a lot of the grasses are invasives that were introduced by the ranchers mm. in an effort to stop erosion. Mm. And and this was a ranching area first, and in fact, Buenos Aires is ranch country this was and this was this the main house that we're sitting at at the visitor center was this the house so the three buildings here in our headquarters the the visitor center was the the domicile Mm -hmm. across the courtyard was the business office and then the building to the south was the cookhouse that's where the cowboys all ate their lunch it's the bunkhouse nancy i want this house i know i'm sitting here (laughs) going this is like perfect we got a patio we could have our champagne shows Mm -hmm. out here you know this is you could have a party out here it it is a good place for a party (laughs) that's not necessarily what you do at a refuge but you know you can't beat the view yeah it is awesome out here and look at the mountains right there Mm. and all the birds i mean how many bird species do you see in a day while you're out and about here 
In a day, I would say it would be easy to see 30 plus bird species. Wow. Um, I admittedly, I'm a, I'm a pretty lousy birder, but we have some fantastic birders who come out to the refuge and they'll see 25 to 48 species in a day. And then what's interesting too, and you say talking about people coming out to the refuges, there's basically here the Sasabi area. Did I say that correctly yet? Yes. yes. Okay, I've got one. Yay. No, no. <laughs> um, so this area is really mostly the grasslands, okay, which is really neat. And then you go up a little bit and it goes into the mountains, and that's Browns Canyon. We've got Brown Canyon in the, in the mountains. It's in the uh, drainages coming off of Baba Kivari. Uh It's quite beautiful up there. It's a riparian montane canyon and so we've got the oaks the sycamores the junipers there's a creek that runs through there most of the year and it's it's fairly intact uh we've when when the property was acquired we made a promise that we would maintain it Mm -hmm. in that state and so we have very very limited access it's guided access only Mm. and so it's not open to the general public on a daily basis, but we do offer hikes in the winter time from November to April, the second and fourth Saturday. Next year, next season rather, we're looking to expand that to every Saturday. I've recruited some great volunteers who are enthusiastic about the hikes and they want to do it every Saturday next season. That's me. I want to go. Me too. I know. I want to go, especially when it's cooler, because, you know, we watched a video here with you um, at, at the visitor center and I encourage people to actually do that first because you'll understand more of what you're seeing, you know, because right. it is so diverse, the landscape, because we'll talk about, you've got wetlands here too, so it, go, it gets a little different. You've got the mountainside, but now we're seeing little bits of snow from the mountains, so um, it's a little different. Do you think back in the day they had bear there? Because I know there's bear in Madeira Canyon, which isn't that far from here. So bear are a, a species on our species list. We've doc- They've been documented on the refuge. Wow. Uh, they did a release of a bear up in Brown Canyon in the past, I don't recall what year, and occasionally they come down from the mountains to our east, the San Luis Mountains. And so, while rare, bear do occur on the refuge. And the other animals that I think are so cool, because they were saying we're sitting right outside Pronghorn Drive, literally, this morning, I remember Nancy and I doing this. Was it late summer in 2016 we came out here Mm -hmm. and the reason we came out is we heard there was pronghorn drive so if there's pronghorn drive we must drive on pronghorn drive we didn't see any pronghorn but the views and the wildflowers that we saw because it was monsoonish kind of time was really amazing Uh, but this morning right at the entrance of pronghorn drive they they said i dreamt about a lesson i said I'm going to have to call Josh and say we're not going to be able to meet you on time because we're swarmed in by pronghorn. But we saw three. Yeah, <laughs> but we didn't see them. So. No, we did see them, and they were they greeted us at the entrance. Do you train them to do that, everybody? <laughs> uh, I've been working on it. They're not very obedient. No. But um, this time of year, you're, you're fortunate to have seen the pronghorn mm-hmm. because the herd is split up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the wintertime, the herd congregates together. And then in the spring, they split up. The does go off to find a good place to fawn. Aww. And so if you see them, it's it's like you saw one, two, three, mm-hmm. but not the big groups. How many do you think you have? That's a great question. The most I've seen at one time is 11, mm-hmm. and they've been right here in the headquarters area. But I've simultaneously received reports from visitors of seeing them 6 to 10 to 15 miles north of here. 
Oh, wow. Huh. And so I'm optimistic that we have more than one herd. Mm, that would be cool, wouldn't it? And then you've got mule deer. We saw them bouncing around today. Um, a lot of those. A lot. I mean, they were bouncing. And, and But you also have white-tailed deer. And then they have those big, bushy white tails. But that's, again, in the northern area. So the mule deer typically inhabit the flat grasslands, mm-hmm. the plains. And the white-tailed typically inhabit the, the hills, the mountains. Okay. And that, that's typical. There is some crossover. And some might even speculate that occasionally they interbreed. But for the most part, they stay in their respective areas. So if they interbreed, then you're going to have a big white tail and big ears on the deer. That's <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> but we saw them. Um, you've got this lake area. And uh, I don't think I'm, I was saying Lake Aguirre, but that's not it. Aguirre? It's, it's Aguirre Lake. Aguirre, see. Named, named for Pedro Aguirre, who founded the ranch. Oh, okay. So he named it Buenos Aires. Yes. Okay. So, um, and you can actually see the old corrals and everything from the we, ranch. We've got the original corrals and these, as you mentioned, these ranch buildings, our visitor center, our headquarters, these buildings were made built in the 1880s. These are original. Uh, the corrals are pretty remarkable in yeah. their construction mm-hmm. and that they've held up because that's inc- that is like it, like amazing fence work. I mean, you don't see people do craftsmanship like that anymore. It's it, no, no, that's that heavy was, duty. Yeah, that's real ranching. Awesome. That's real ranching. It know? was built in that form because that's what they had. They had hmm. mesquite wood. Hmm. So you've got the lake, and that's seasonal, so every few years when you have enough monsoon rain, it'll Every nice. few years, the lake fills up. Mm-hmm. This year, despite a good wet winter, the lake did not fill up. Um, it could be that we have more grass on the landscape, which doesn't allow the water to um, sink in or run off. Mm-hmm. But, just, well, I guess it sinks in, but it doesn't run off to fill ponds and, and wetlands. Well, we're, we know that this monsoon season is going to be crazy good. We know that. We've, you know, just how the pronghorn greeted us, we know you're going to have the big monsoon so that we can come play at the lake and watch yeah, all the wildlife and the birds and um, so that we can also film the big monsoon season. Yeah. I, I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. I, I got here after the monsoon last year, and so I missed all of the wonderful lightning storms, but we did have a few tropical systems come through. It's cool, huh? That's... This is a neat place. Um, in addition to the monsoon storms, so we have really great had some really great winter storms uh, for Christmas and New Year's. That week, it snowed on Bob Kivri. Wow! And we wow. we captured it. I posted some pictures to our Facebook page, hmm. and it was fantastic. That's one of the best ways for people. People can go onto the National Wildlife Refuge System website, right? But then on Facebook, you guys are. I see you guys update it quite a bit. Sure, sure. I, I manage our Facebook page, and I, I try to I try to update it three times a week minimum. Yeah. Just I don't want to overpost, but I don't want to underpost. And oh I, yes, I try there's to, all those rules. <laughs> I try to, I try to make sure that I'm only posting interesting and relevant content. Okay, so you have some, I think an intern here that was work Renee that I saw is that Renee's a volunteer here. Okay. She's a fantastic birder. Man, what is up with her? She's seeing mountain lion, Gila monsters, and like, was wow. this like within... She's incredibly lucky, but the way to be lucky is to be on the landscape. Mm. And so a lot of the work that Renee does for us is out on the landscape. Mm-hmm. And so if you're in the right place, I things, are, see a Gila monster. things are bound to happen. We're dying to see a Gila monster. So are they so mostly in the grasslands, the Gila monsters? The Gila monsters are kind of where you find them. 
And so last Saturday on our Brown Canyon public hike, on the way into the trailhead, our hike leaders spotted a Gila monster and the whole hike got to see it. Wow. Okay, that's it. You know what we're doing. The first hike of the season we're in. Well, the the first hike of the season, you're not likely to see a Gila monster because they spend 10 months out of the year underground. And the two months that they're above ground coincide with the spring birthing season. So they eat bird eggs, they eat baby rodents, baby rabbits. Oh, I don't want to see them now. (laughs) They they fatten up and then they go into their den until breeding season. Mm. Then they come out, find a mate, and go right back underground. Wow. Wow. All right. How nice of them. (laughs) That's cool. They are cool, though. Because they're so colorful. Yeah. Now, speaking of species, you know, you've got the pronghorn here, which is a a positive story about actually reintroducing them back to their native habitat here. But you also have quail that you're rehabilitating or not rehabilitating, you're reintroducing and breeding. Correct. So the big mission, our our big... 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Big ticket mission is the Mass Bob White Quail. Uh, They have an interesting story in that they were in decline by the time they were described. Mm. And so they were described in the 1870s, and by then the cattle had already had an impact on the valley. And as you saw in the video, there were a series of droughts in the 1880s and then the late 1890s. And the cattle ate the ground, ate the Mm. vegetation to the ground, ate to dirt. Wow. And there was no habitat for them, and they were essentially extirpated from the valley. A few were relocated down in Mexico, and they became reintroduction stock. There's, there's more details to yeah. the story. And so right now, there may or may not be any on the landscape. We mm-hmm. haven't done any reintroductions in, in quite some time. Uh, we do have plans to do releases this fall. Oh, cool. And we're breeding quail this year to replace the ones that we release. And so uh, hopefully this time next year, there will be mass bobwhites on the landscape again. That is cool. cool. That's very cool. But you also have Montezuma quail. They're really pretty. So interestingly enough, and I don't know this to be fact, but I'm pretty certain we're the only place in the U.S. with four species of quail. We have the mass bobwhite, which is our focal species. Yeah. We have Montezuma quail. We have scaled quail and Gamble's quail. Scaled quail? I've never heard of those. Hmm. Uh, they're often called blue quail or cotton top. Oh, and, uh, I've never heard I've, of those either. I see them daily. Dude, I want your job. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the benefits of living on a wildlife refuge is it's like we said with Renee. You're out there. You, we, I live here. This is... And that's really the thing is you've got hiking trails, and that's the best way to go out and, and to see the wildlife and the birds is to get out on the trails. And you can do the pronghorn drive, um, but it still get out and So we've got, we've got hiking trails. Um, our most popular hiking trails are the Aravaca Cienega Trail, the Aravaca Creek Trail. Mm-hmm. We've got the Ranch Loop Trail, the Geary Lake Trail, 
and then we also have our Brown Canyon hikes. Mm-hmm. In addition to those trails, we have the 10-mile pronghorn tour loop. It's an auto tour loop. Mm-hmm. You can drive it. It's maintained fairly well, and I would say, yes, even a Prius could make it. Mm-hmm. And then in addition to that, we have 220-ish miles of road that's open to travel. Visitors can go, if they have a vehicle that's capable, they can explore most of the refuge. You know what's going to happen now. We're going on game drives. <laughs> I, like, I like the hiking, and, and I wanted to touch on uh, the Cienega because that's the first place we, we went to. And we just we were covering um, Green Valley, Madeira Canyon, Santa Cruz County in southern Arizona, and everyone that's still south of Tucson. It's, there's this corridor between two kind of major roads. I wouldn't say this is a major road, but... Um, we we were out on the Cienega side in, in this small town of Aravaca, and this area, I mean, I couldn't believe it. It was monsoon season, then. you and I, mm-hmm. we were staying in Amado, and we were like, let's go out early in the morning, there's a refuge, let's go see what it is. And we were both blown away. I mean, we've seen a gray hawk out there, and that was super cool. And I didn't know the big significance of being able to see one. I was just like, wow, I've never seen a hawk like that. Uh, but you've got, you had wetlands there, I mean, it's... Just the biodiversity in the trees is, is neat out there. The Cienega is a special place. It's it's probably the most visited place on the refuge, um, mainly because it's not quite as far as the headquarters. Sure. Um, we're a long ways out. Most people who make it to Aravaca never make it to the headquarters, yeah. which is a shame because there's a lot of beauty in, in the grasslands. Awesome. Mm. But the Cienega is special. Uh, we have a boardwalk there. The boardwalk was installed, I think it was it was either the Sierra Club or, or our friends group installed the boardwalk. And we're, we're actually looking to uh, upgrade and, and make it better mm. going forward, funding permitting. Mm. And the neat thing about it is it's, it's like you said, it's a wetland in the middle of the desert. And the diversity of birds that that attracts and the diversity of plant life that thrives there makes it unique. It's a great place for people to visit. And every Saturday morning in the winter, the Tucson Audubon leads bird hikes there. And and every Saturday, they get 20 to 40 species of birds. It's pretty incredible. It's amazing. I mean, when we're there, not only birds, but... We were walking on it was it was this past may we went for first thing we did was when we moved back to tucson i think we moved and that was like a whole thing like what how to even live in a in a home anymore after being on the road for three years was different but the first thing we're doing like we got to get out to aravaca right. first thing you know it's like i think we did it even before we saw our friends i mean don't tell them don't Uh-oh. tell them Uh-oh. but that's the first thing we did was get out there and I had no idea that I was, I didn't even know that they existed out here, but, you know, we did a lot of travel in Louisiana, and we saw a lot of turtles, a lot of terrapins, and, you know, all the wetlands and everything, mm-hmm. and gators, and going out to the Sanaga makes me feel like we're back in, like, that swampy land, and you've got all, you know, the rails and all these different birds, you know, but all of a sudden on the boardwalk, there was this turtle just hanging out there, and I'm like, I didn't even know there's turtles in Arizona other than desert tortoises. So that was cool. He yeah. was he was just he was just sitting there, sunning on the boardwalk. Yeah, he's just like, look at me, and I'm all green and covered in stuff. How exciting! Um, I bet it was a Sonoran mud turtle. Um, I'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, ask him next time. Uh, and you know, when we when we do get good water and it holds. 
the diversity goes beyond birds. Like you mentioned, mm -hmm. turtles, frogs, and I think there are also salamanders use the area. Wow, that's that cool. would make sense. Yeah. And you're also just as likely to see a number of reptiles other than turtles, so lizards and snakes. You saw a snake once, yes. went right over her feet, a yes. nice thin green one. It was pretty. Like bright green. Just went like right over my feet, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, look at that. That's I just beautiful. saw the tail, yeah. I was like, no, I want to see it. It's like, I'm glad it's not a rattlesnake. <laughs> <laughs> Let's speak about that, because you do have to be aware of rattlesnakes, and I know people get really scared, and you should have a healthy dose of fear and stay away, but rattlesnakes aren't really, look, there's a vermilion flycatcher aren't really there to go out and attack you. No, they're not. And I think uh, I think respect is a better word than fear. Oh, yeah, that's a good good word. Uh, rattlesnakes don't eat humans. They're not really interested in Only us. pythons in Florida do that. <laughs> and so I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> when you encounter a rattlesnake, you've startled it just as much as it startled you. And honestly, just backing away mm -hmm. is the best plan. Mm. Because they're venom. They don't want to use venom on something else, right? Because no, they need that for... It's expensive to make, and they need it for, for predation. Mm. And so it requires a lot of resources on their part to create the venom, mm. and they don't want to waste it on you. You just have to look where you're going, so mm -hmm. maybe don't have your cell phone mm -hmm. turned on. Take the don't phones off. Well, <laughs> and you know, that's a, good, that's a good rule for any time you're out in nature, is you yes. should be enjoying the nature. Take your time. Look at the small things. Mm. Be observant, and as long as you're paying attention, it's the, the odds of encountering a rattlesnake in a negative way de decrease greatly mm. as long as you're paying attention. What is one species out here, plant, because we can talk about that, we, you've got all kinds of neat plants going on here, but one species for you, because I know well, you've been here almost a year now, right? Almost. What is one thing that you've never seen before that you're like, dude, that's super cool? Like, I'm oh uh, well, I was gonna say I'm dying to see a badger, but but I haven't oh, seen one an, yet. And a yeah. kawadi, I want to see the kawadi. I, I have seen kawadis, and they're super cool. Uh, I've seen quite a few actually. Ooh. On the where, where do they hang out? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, see one. there's been one seen recently at the Arawaka Creek Trail. You know, and we thought we. Do they do they smell like I was going to say Janet, but that's a different like there's a smell in 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 um, Kenya and South Africa you'd had Janet and it's like a polecat yeah like a polecat do do we, they smell well I I've never held a kawadi or been that close to one so I don't know how they smell but we do have four species of skunks that occur on the refuge as well and oh, so we've got cool. striped skunks striped skunks or no sorry spotted skunks striped skunks. Hooded skunks and hognose skunks. Oh, I want to see them. That occur on the refuge, and additionally, javelinas smell awful skunky too. Oh, okay. Oh. And so, if you smelled something skunky, it was either a skunk or a javelina. But now you want to see a badger. Now, what what's unique though for you to see that you you've, that I've not seen here that you that have, I have seen. that I have seen here that I've not seen elsewhere? Yeah. Probably the coatis. Oh, they're mm. so cool. Yeah. Um, I. I'd only seen coatis once before I came mm. to the Buenos Aires, and I saw them probably at a mile away through my binoculars. And so seeing them up close has been really neat. I want to see the Pima pineapple cactus. And so I had the good fortune of, see of seeing one just yesterday as we were doing surveys for the Pima pineapple cactus. They're 
pretty unique, a rather interesting cactus. They're hard to detect because, one, they're endangered, so there's not very many of them. And, two, they're pretty low to the ground. They're pretty small. They max out at about five inches tall. Mm. That's tiny. That is tiny. So, overall, this is a destination year-round because that's something also part of our education to everyone is that Arizona is a year-round destination. We're not one big Sahara desert. But, you know, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. You know, <laughs> people think that, but you can come out here in the summer, you know, and you, experience a good time. You absolutely can. The summer is a good time to be out here if you're able to deal with the heat, mm-hmm. because the wildlife becomes concentrated around mm-hmm. the available water. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have wetlands that we keep filled, and yeah. so you'll be able to see wildlife there. In mm-hmm. the summertime, the pronghorn, the whole herd will be within a mile of this water. We're coming back. And <laughs> it doesn't quite get as hot down here as Tucson or Phoenix either. Oh, no. And so when I got here last year in August, the, ho- the hottest it's been is 97. Well, that's not bad. That's not bad. Which is quite tolerable. Yeah. We used to live in Joshua Tree. and That, that- was bad. That got hot. That was really It's like 126 hot. degrees that one day. We're like, what? Yeah. What? But it's really cool out there. I mean, it's neat. But so everyone just come early in the morning. Come yes. get. That's my thing. Is I want to be. As a, I want to see the sunrise. And you guys have amazing sunrises here. Our oh sunsets are even better. Oh man. And so I live here on the refuge, and I get to see the sun rise over the Cerro Colorados every morning. And then they set just south of Bob Kivery in the oh, evening. Oh, man. Nice. And so the mountains get lit up, and I get it on both sides. Seriously, everybody, this is a place to get out to. So the best place, uh, fws.gov, is the best place for people to find the refuge? You can find us at Fish and Wildlife Services' main website, and you can search for the refuges, or you can just look for... Just Google search Buenos Aires National Wildlife Refuge, and it'll pull up our Facebook page and Mm -hmm. our FWS page. It's cool, everybody. I hope you all come out. Yeah. Thank you so much, Josh. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? It's not just a bike. Peloton makes treadmills, too. Eh, all treadmills are the same. Our treadmills can adjust speed and incline automatically, so you never break your stride. Whether you're squeezing in a power walk or training for a marathon, Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Tread risk-free with the 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. 